Before we start today's episode, I want to invite you to share your thoughts on Giving Ventures with me and my team. Would you take three minutes to do our short listener survey at donorstrust.org slash podcast survey? Our goal is to help you grow your giving, and your feedback is key to meeting that goal. Again, visit donorstrust.org slash podcast survey. I really appreciate your input. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Giving Ventures, a podcast to help you grow your giving and change the world for the better. Each episode, we share innovative charitable efforts leveraging private philanthropy to solve public problems. I'm your host, Peter Lipset, Vice President at Donors Trust. This show is a product of Donors Trust, the oldest and largest donor advised fund focused on helping conservative and libertarian donors of all capacities simplify, protect, and grow their giving. My colleagues and I talk with a lot of groups doing great work. This show lets us share a bit of what we learn with you so you can discover new projects for your own philanthropy. Today, we'll hear from our third group in this series on inspiring liberty on campus. We've heard from Students for Liberty and the way that it really helps the individual grow in their understanding of the principles of liberty. We heard last week from Turning Point USA and its energetic approach to engage co-eds in challenging the progressive orthodoxy that permeates campuses. And today, we hear from a group helping libertarian-leading students not just learn the values of freedom, but turn those values into action as we talk to young Americans for liberty. There may not be any other organization out there that maintains the energy of the 2008 Ron Paul era than Young Americans for Liberty. Young Americans for Liberty, or YAL, uniquely combines the education on the principles of liberty and freedom with the training to be an active citizen fighting for those principles, both on campus and beyond. For the past year and a half, Lauren Doherty has led YAL and brings to the job a long tenure in politics and in communicating a libertarian message. Happy to have you here with me today, Lauren. So, Lauren, tell me the origin story for Young Americans for Liberty. How long has it been around? When did it start? Well, thank you, Peter. So, uh, Young Americans for Liberty uh, grew out of the Youth for Ron Paul movement uh, that uh, we saw uh, flourish during 2008 uh, when Ron Paul ran for president. So, our founder, and Chairman uh, Jeff Frazee ran the Youth for Ron Paul movement. And then after uh, the campaign was over, he transitioned and uh, founded Young Americans for Liberty. Got it. So more from the political to the nonprofit side. And that was a campaign really about ideas. And so this is really, that's a natural, natural progression. So one of the things that always strikes me that's unique is that you're not just talking about the ideas, uh, but you really are training engaged citizens. And there's a, a lot that's happening. You've got several different partner organizations all within the, the Young Americans for Liberty umbrella, C4, PAC, others. Talk to us about what that engagement is, what the various entities do, and, and how that allows you to really be a presence out there on, on campus. Absolutely. So we have a 501c3, a 501c4, and a sister PAC, uh, which is called Make Liberty Win PAC. And through all of those, our students are able to play very different roles in, as we say, making liberty win. Our focus is to make liberty win. And the way we do that is by mobilizing our many students who care passionately about the cause and then giving them very meaningful opportunities to make a difference. 
so with the 501c3, obviously, that's mostly educational. With the 501c4, it's focused more on policy. And then with PAC, uh, they're door knocking and helping gain pro-liberty legislators elected. And how much does that break down between quote unquote libertarian versus conservative versus kind of generally right versus generally Republican? How do, what kind of mix of student do you see being attracted to what you all are doing? Well, it, it varies. And students, you know, different students uh, gravitate towards uh, one label or another. Um, and part of that's the environment they're on on campus, you know. But our, our students are very pro-liberty in their focus. You know, they may vote mostly Republican, uh, but they don't necessarily identify with that word as their number one adjective for themselves. They, they identify it as pro-liberty. Um, and so many of them also uh, are conservative in how they conduct their lives, but uh, their focus and uh, how they mobilize their energies is focusing on pro-liberty issues. So, for example, the Second Amendment is a topic that uh, libertarians and conservatives uh, agree strongly on. Um, it fits very well within both of those categories and it is one of the, the preferred and favorite topics of our students. Got it. You know, you, you say your tagline is to, to let liberty win. And I do feel like I get an email from Young Americans for Liberty every week telling me about new wins in one way or the other, particularly on campus, but also, you know, towards some of the electoral stuff. Uh, and some of those are around legal battles, things where your your students are really pushing on campus about speech codes and, and mandates and different things. Talk to us about some of the, the battles you've pursued on that front and, and why that is so important to the work you do. Absolutely. So, uh, free speech is obviously one of our most sacred American values. And uh, as we all know, college campuses <laughs> have become bastions of anti-constitutional values, anti-free speech, uh, anti-Second Amendment. Your rights just uh, kind of uh, have been thought to cease to exist when you set foot on a college campus. And we're working to fix that. Uh, so one of our principal focuses here at, at Young Americans for Liberty for the past several years has been really helping change those policies on college campuses, uh, particularly focusing on the anti-free speech policies. So many campuses would have rules that say, well, you, you can exercise your free speech, but you can only do it in a specific area of campus. You know, you have this little zone. You have to go to the zone to be able to exercise free speech, or you have to get a permit in advance or all sorts of other absurd things. You have to wear a lanyard that says, you know, what I say may be offensive, <laughs> you know, just absurd things. And uh, one of our, our uh, very proud statistics is that through our work, we've changed the speech codes of 99 different campuses. And this uh, protects the First Amendment rights of over 1.5 million college students every year, every year. And uh, I think that that is so important for multiple reasons. Number one, we're teaching students that there are laws that uh, laws and policies that are unfair, unwise, and, and not okay. And when those happen, when you find them, there are things you can do about it. And then we show them how to go about making those changes. And we teach them that you can win. <laughs> you can win and, and change these bad policies into good policies, policies that, that protect your rights, protect the rights of other students. And so through these 99 wins, you know, we impact uh, one and a half million college kids a year, and, and those one and a half million college kids a year have a very different college experience in many ways because their First Amendment rights are protected than if they weren't. And as we all know, you know, college is a very formative time for just about everybody. 
and what you see and experience in college uh, significantly impacts how you're going to look at the world for pretty much the rest of your life. And so we want all college kids to have their, their basic constitutional rights protected. We want them to have that uh, at that very formative time in their life, um, because we know that that will, that will impact how they, they see their rights for the rest of their lives. It's funny to think that you've had these 99 wins on these campuses, and all of those folks have these expanded rights, and those are not necessarily people that agree with us, right? We've not just fought for the ideas that we care about because they only help us, which frankly is what you kind of see on the other side a lot of times. We're saying, no, you can say your crazy thing too, and and really expanding it that way. And I think that's that's one of the great positive things about what you're doing and, and the whole message of liberty, right? Absolutely. Everybody's rights matter. Exactly. So I have heard that you've you've made this this big audacious claim. I think I saw it on LinkedIn uh, that Young Americans for Liberty has contributed to making 88 million lives more free in 2021. Uh, so where does that number come from? What is that about? Yes. So we're very proud of that statistic. So uh, I mentioned earlier we have multiple different organizations under our umbrella. With our 501c4, we have built a coalition of uh, state representatives and uh, that that coalition uh, continues to grow. So last year in 2021, it was about 170 state reps in about 37 different states. And those state reps are obviously focused on passing pro-liberty legislation and we're here to help encourage that and champion that and uh, and even deploy students to go knock doors and help get some of the, the biggest, most important bills passed. And so last year, these, this, this coalition of state reps passed about 120 different laws uh, that uh, made a total of 88 million Americans more free. And the, these, these, uh, these bills passed as part of that uh, were very meaningful things and they, they ranged uh, quite a bit. So everything from ending civil asset forfeiture in Maine to expanding school choice in Missouri and Kentucky uh, to uh, passing constitutional carry to help protect the Second Amendment in Texas. You know, there, there's a huge, huge variety of bills right there uh, and a whole lot more uh, that uh, were passed as, as, as part of those, that group of bills. And um, we were very proud of that. This year, the tally uh, is 91 million Americans were made more free uh, by the work of this coalition of legislators and that included, you know, vaccine choice bills where, you know, the government can't mandate uh, that you take a certain vaccine. Things like uh, the government can't um, prohibit clergy from visiting nursing homes during a declared emergency. You know, very meaningful bills that make a very real difference in people's lives. And uh, so we're very proud to be able to, to play a role in that. Pretty much everybody's heard about the, the, the tragic shooting at the mall in Indiana uh, a few months ago, uh, but uh, there was a very brave young man who was practicing constitutional carry and stopped the shooter in a matter of seconds um, and saved um, untold numbers of lives. Well, part of how he was able to, to practice constitutional carry is because uh, we and, and, and our partners in Indiana advocated for it and, and got it passed. Uh, we had a very brave legislator there who had been championing this for years, <laughs> years. And uh, we came in and, and supported him. And this year we deployed grassroots army of students to go knock on doors uh, to help get constitutional carry passed. And it 
it became law shortly before uh, the, the sad events at that mall. And so we're very proud that the legislation that we advocate for and pass every year has very, very real impact on people's lives like that. So next year, the goal for that metric is 100 million Americans made more free, and that gets you close to about one third of the American population. And that is a very realistic goal, given uh, the expansions uh, in our coalition that, that we're, we're building this year. Wow, that's a powerful story. It's, it's really incredible. And I guess to kind of summarize the, the pipeline that you've built, you've got these campus chapters, that's mostly 501c3 public charity work, right? The, mm-hmm. the campus chapters, helping young folks on campus understand all of this stuff, uh, which can then turn into activism, which can go into the C4 realm. And then you use the PAC to support some of these legislators out there that some of the students can then practice their engagement and practice those lessons that they've learned within the chapters. Am I kind of summarizing the the broader YAL pi- pipeline, right? Pretty much. Yeah. So we get them involved on campus in legislation through the C4, and then they go uh, knock doors uh, for the PAC. So we give them lots of different ways to make a very meaningful difference uh, in the process. And that's part of what, what makes YAL unique. You know, a handful of students uh, are truly empowered to go do amazing things and they can generate really impactful results. So you've got a new school year just about to start, starting in some places. What are you looking forward to uh, as you enter into this what second full school year of your tenure there? What's what's ahead? What's what's exciting? Well, you know, this is a big year. Uh, it's a big election year. Um, and so the PAC is hiring a bunch of students to go knock doors uh, this fall. So that'll be very busy. On the C4 side, we're, we're excited with the, the continuing expansion of our coalition of legislators. Uh, we anticipate that uh, we, will, we will come close or, or even exceed doubling the size of our coalition next year compared to what it was last year. So that, that's huge. That's huge. We'll be, we'll be probably well past 300 state reps in uh, Q1 of next year. So that's very exciting. And then on the C3 side, we're ramping up more and more activism related to pepper spray bans. So we've won so many of these free speech uh, battles and, and that work continues uh, and will always uh, be a key part of what we do. But, uh, you know, pepper spray is, is such, a, uh, such a reasonable weapon of self-defense, right? Um, and college campuses talk a good game about trying to prevent sexual assault and prevent violence. And then many of them go and ban pepper spray, which, which we think is just uh, absolutely absurd. Um, we think everybody has the right to self-defense and uh, people who want to carry pepper spray on campus should be allowed to carry pepper spray on campus. So we have uh, a number of chapters who are gearing up to petition their, their schools and use grassroots uh, activism to try to overturn these, these pepper spray bans. And uh, I'm very excited to see how all that progresses. There's no end to the fights that can be had on campus, uh, as we've heard about in some of these other episodes of this series and and with you and uh, appreciate all that Young Americans for Liberty are doing out there. Appreciate your work out there. Lauren Doherty, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much, Peter. While the political elements of Yao's work stray from the sort of charitable work that can be supported with a donor advised fund, this group offers plenty of ways for donors to engage, no matter how they choose to give. We need students going into the world who know they can actually make a difference out there. 
Yale's work certainly supports that idea, but as does Turning Point USA and Students for Liberty. All three have their own unique style and niches, and so, of course, that means they may be attractive to different types of donors. Which one are you? You know, we need all three, as well as other groups, such as Young America's Foundation or Intercollegiate Studies Institute, Fund for American Studies, Foundation for Economic Education, all of which, by the way, were featured on Episode 6 of Giving Ventures. And there are other groups out there as well on campus, each with its own particular way of connecting and nurturing the intellectual and cultural growth of liberty-minded students, even helping students realize they actually are liberty-minded. We can hope that a fair number of these go on to be part of young professional groups like Teneo Network, America's Future, or state-level groups like Washington Policy Center's Young Professional Group, by the way, all of which were featured in episode 18 of Giving Ventures, or that they simply become part of the fabric of their communities and professional networks where they can articulate the values of free markets and free people, thanks to all of these groups that are talking to them on campuses now. And in doing all that, these folks slowly and over time tilt society toward freedom. It's a long game, and your charitable giving is an important part of it, no matter where in the pipeline you choose to support. We at Donors Trust are always happy to talk to donors that work with us to simplify their giving about groups and strategies that can help have the impact that the donors want to have. And we would be delighted to do the same for you if you're not already working with us. Visit DonorsTrust.org to learn more about ways we can be helpful. In the meantime, thank you for being a giver. Let's talk more soon. Mm -hmm.